This is the only podcast that gives you a 20-minute guarantee. Give us 20 minutes of your life, and if you're not completely satisfied, you'll you'll get get your your minutes minutes back. back. No No questions questions asked. It's a Minor Detail Podcast. There's the Pretenders classic, My City Was Gone. Also, of course, for many years, the opening theme music for the Rush Limbaugh show. And I opened with that today for a couple of reasons. One, because most, if not all, cities in Afghanistan are now gone. All taken over by the Taliban. And two, because this is the first day we can all say out loud... I wish Rush were here to sort out and unpack the events of the last 48 hours. Like most of you, I would have been hanging on the every word of Rush today to explain just what went wrong in Afghanistan. Mistakes are too many to list, but he would have made sense of them all. You know, I was 12 years old in 1975, but I remember being glued to the TV set watching Walter Cronkite's play-by-play of the fall of Saigon on April 30th of that year. The evacuation of Americans was called Operation Frequent Wind. I think I even told one of my brothers, that sounds like you, Frequent Wind. That operation was designed to get all American civilian and military personnel out, along with tens of thousands of South Vietnamese civilians. You might remember a few Americans chose not to leave. I vividly remember watching the choppers land on the top of the buildings, and CIA operatives walking them up ladders into helicopters. About 7,000 were taken out that way. Well, last week, before the president went on vacation, he said there will be no circumstance in which American personnel will be evacuated from the roof of their embassy. This will not be another fall of Saigon. I repeat, he said there will be no circumstance in which American personnel would be evacuated from the roof of their embassy. Well, over the weekend, still photos from 1975 were put side by side with pictures of people hanging off the fuselage of Air Force F-135s, and the images were strikingly similar. Every president since George W. Bush has said we would end the war there, get our people out. 20 years later, a half-baked plan, complete with telling the world when it would happen, was hatched by the current administration, and it has been a disaster. And that's just not me talking. That's the New York Times, the LA Times, Washington Post, CNN, MSNBC, all saying things like ham-handed to utter incompetence. You know, I watched a lot of football over the weekend, and no, I'm not changing the subject. But I watched all the coaches sending in plays with their big laminated cards over their faces so as not to give anything away. And I thought while I was watching that this weekend, why didn't somebody give President Biden a big laminated card on April 14th when he told the American public and the Taliban when we would be turning out the lights and flipping over the clothes sign. 
And what about billions in dollars in weapons and vehicles, documents and cash, all left behind to be claimed by the terrorists? Now look, even I know that the day before the sheriff comes to foreclose, you move the flat screens, the sofa, and the Ninja food processor to a safe location. We did not. When President Biden took office, we had 2,500 troops, a residual force as they call it. And after 1,000 more were ordered there today, we'll have 7,000 going backwards. Now, this is from NBC.com. And again, not a particularly conservative company. It says this. The Taliban's lightning-fast offensive across Afghanistan has placed intense pressure on the American security establishment to explain the route of the Afghan army, which the U.S. spent millions to train and equip in a war that cost thousands of American lives. Now, the Taliban, a force of some 75,000 militants, overwhelmed the U.S.-trained army, numbering some 300,000, And at times, they did it without a single bullet fired. While American military officials had warned that the Taliban had the momentum in the 20-year war, the pace and the manner of their victory, two decades after being toppled, has exposed how badly prepared U.S.-trained Afghan troops were. The rush to evacuate U.S. Embassy personnel in Kabul over the weekend has drawn comparisons to chaotic images of Americans being airlifted from the roof of the U.S. Embassy in Saigon in 1975. It goes on to say, it's clear that the Biden White House did not see this coming. And that's the way they looked at it at NBC.com. Well, you remember back in June, the head of the Joint Chiefs, a guy named Mark Milley, appeared in front of Congress. He appeared to know the cameras were on and he took advantage of it. Republican lawmakers had criticized him and said he was trying to make the military too woke and reduce racism. You might remember he famously said that studying uncomfortable subjects is vital to understanding the country and that good leaders should understand a range of views. Then he went on to say, I want to understand white rage, and I'm white. What is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building, the Capitol, and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America. I want to find that out. He went on to say, I've read Mao Zedong. I've read Karl Marx. I've read Lenin. That doesn't make me a communist. So what is wrong with understanding, having some situational understanding about the country for which we are here to defend? I personally find it offensive that we are accusing the U.S. military of being woke or something else because we're studying some theories that are out there. Well, the man responsible for training the 300,000 Afghan non-fighters was that same man, Mark Milley. Apparently those fighters needed a little more rage. Or maybe he did. This will go down as one of the two or three biggest foreign affairs blunders in history. Some are comparing it to the Bay of Pigs invasion. If you remember, that was a failed landing operation on the southwestern coast of Cuba back in 1961. That was financed covertly and directed by the U.S. government. Took place at the height of the Cold War. It was a major failure. Over 1,400 paramilitaries divided into five battalions and one paratrooper battalion assembled, launched from Guatemala and Nicaragua by boat. Two days earlier, B-26 bombers had attacked Cuban airfields, then returned to the U.S. If you remember, Castro finally took personal control, 
the invaders lost strategic initiative. The international community found out about the invasion, and President Kennedy decided to stop giving air support. Now, this plan, which was devised during Eisenhower's presidency, had required both air and naval forces. So without air support, the invasion was being conducted with fewer forces than the CIA had deemed necessary. The invaders surrendered on April 20th. Most of them were publicly interrogated and put into Cuban prisons. The invading force had been defeated within three days by the Cuban Revolutionary Armed Forces. The invasion was a U.S. foreign policy failure. The invasion's defeat solidified Castro's role, and that led, of course, to the Cuban Missile Crisis back in 1962. Presidents have admitted mistakes before. Harry Truman first famously said the buck stops here. JFK admitted his role in the Bay of Pigs was bad. Jimmy Carter's failed attempt to get hostages out of Iran in 1980. Today, President Biden used the Truman line saying the buck stops with me. It'll be interesting to see how this is judged down the line. As I close today, I close with a concern. In less than four weeks, we will mark the 20th anniversary of 9-11. With the taking over of Afghanistan, many Taliban prisoners were released some who had spent long days in Gitmo. Is four weeks long enough to collect all the weapons, the strategic plans, and get the gang back together for a big blowout on 9-11-2021? God, I hope not, but I'm worried. That's it today for Minor Detail Podcast. We'll see you tomorrow. Rest in peace, Rush. Well, that's a wrap. Reach out to us on Facebook and Instagram. Questions and comments? Email us, minordetailpodcast at gmail.com. Want to get a hold of us? Need to let us know something? We want to know about it. Hit up our 24-hour hotline, 479-388-1638. That's 479-388-1638. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and more. A Minor Detail Podcast, copyright 2020, the Radio Voice Productions, LLC. I'm Jess, and I'm out.